It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, we're going to break down the 11 games from Wednesday, including the devastating injury to Markel Fulton. What to do in replacing him, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. Are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got a busy day. 11 games on in the NBA news Right across the league, uh, devastating injuries, uh, big performances as usual. So we're going to talk about all of that in today's show. So let's start doing it right now. The first game that we take a look at here is the Houston Rockets and the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers get the win, 114-107. James Harden, he claims he's not bothered by his ankle injury. Uh, I think he might be. 15 points, 12 assists, one steal, two blocks on 36% shooting. While John Wall had 28-6 and six with two steals and a block. Now, it came out before the game that Christian Wood wasn't going to play with a knee issue. So DeMarcus Cousins started. And the numbers are great. Nine points, 14 rebounds, two steals, four blocks. That's great. But I'm not even talking about the percentages. Two of nine from the field, four of six from the line. Like, that's that's not great. Okay, that, that's fine. But in a game where Wood doesn't play and you're running an eight-man rotation and Cousins is the only center there, to play just 23 minutes is a little bit concerning in terms of where his, um, where his value lies as we move forward. Because if Wood comes back and plays 33 minutes, if they don't even want to trust Cousins to play big center minutes or that he can't play big center minutes when there's no other center there, I'm not convinced that they will roll with him next to Wood. Now, those numbers are enticing. They're obviously really enticing, so they are worth a look for sure. But don't be surprised if next game he plays 15 minutes strictly behind Wood, and that's it. That That's the worrying sign to me there is those minutes. Eric Gordon, the usage did come down a bit, but still 20 points. It's a pretty empty 20 points with one rebound and one assist, and he added two blocks. 
I don't think that he's going to remain the 37th ranked player where he currently is. I think he is going to suffer a significant drop-off. But for now, the numbers are pretty good. And big minutes for David Nwaba without Daniel House. 15 points in 37 minutes with two blocks for Nwaba. Don't read too much into that. Probably should mention Johnny Wall, who had 28 and 6 and two steals and a block. And looks like he was never hurt, really. For the paces, the Malcolm Brogdon steal patrol, whatever, parade keeps on going. Three steals again for Brogo. 35 points in 39 minutes, seven assists and four triples, 52%, 100% from the line on five attempts. The efficiency of stuff is real for him. There will be somewhat of a drop-off, but it's relatively real. I just am really confused about this super high steal rate. He is a massive sell high to me if you can achieve it because he is, what, the 10th ranked player so far this season? That's a number that just probably isn't going to stick. And it's on large part due to... Like, the usage might stick. 30% usage is pretty high. Maybe it doesn't stick. The steal rate is where I'm really worried. Miles Turner, one of the weirdest lines you'll ever see. Just two points in 32 minutes. Just five rebounds, but two steals and eight blocks. One of six shooting. He continues to be awesome. In fact, he's the 13th ranked player this season, in large part because he is just dominating in blocks. Great stuff. Well, Justin Holiday had a bit of an offensive explosion. Only took nine shots, but hit six of them. 20 points in 32 minutes with three threes and a steal, including a perfect five of five from the line. He is worth, as, as a 12-team guy, at the back end of a roster. Sabonis struggled a little bit with his free throws, but 22 and 12 is nice. While Oladipo, there was always going to be a game where the shot fell off, and it was here, where he was six of 20 for 18 points with nine rebounds. Still maintaining a pretty strong year, but that... There was always going to be some level of fall-off with Victor Oladipo, and we saw it right here. Let's go on to the next game now, and it was the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Orlando Magic. The Magic win at 105-94 in the end. Um, there was no Garland, Love, Exum, Porter for the Cavs, but Isaac Okora did return. We'll start with him. 28 minutes, 10 points, 2 assists. 80% from the field. He missed his uh, only three-pointer by about 100 meters, it felt like. It was that wide, or that short, sorry. He's okay to have, more as a 14-teamer than a 12-teamer. Um, There's going to be some rough nights for sure. The Padawan Colin Sexton just does the Colin Sexton. 21-3-4, that is just the Sexton line. But he did have a steal, he had a block, and he had three threes. And we can't really ask for much more from the Padawan. Uh, he's a top 40 player. Andre Drummond, 19-15 and 15 with a steal and a block. Pretty rough on the free throws, but overall the counting stats are good. You'd like a few more minutes out of him, but he did have four fouls. And this is a game where we've got Lamar Stevens playing 21 minutes. Yes, Lamar Stevens playing 21 minutes. And uh, Marcus Bolden playing five minutes. The Cavs are beat up, man. Larry Nance struggling the last couple. Really struggling. 10 points. One of six from the line hurt his overall value. But only one assist, one steal, no blocks. His numbers have really tailed off. I worry about what happens to him when Kevin Love returns. I, I do. Um, for now, we, we roster him and we, then we see where that goes. Well, Chetty Osman, another big assist tonight. Seven assists and three steals on 8% shooting. Yeah, that's rough, but those assists are really interesting. And while those guys are out, maybe he's got some 14-team league stream ability. But the big news of the day, of course, lies with the Orlando Magic. Markel Fultz tore his ACL. He will miss the rest of the season. You guys know that I heavily targeted Fultz in drafts. I thought his season had started out okay. Not great, but okay. He's a clear drop now, obviously. And that brings us to his replacement, Cole Anthony. I added Anthony everywhere I could. I would add Anthony wherever I can. And then let's just see what happens over the next 10 days. It might be rough. Your field goals are going to take a hit. I think he's shooting 30% from the field this year. That will start to improve, but it's going to be rough. But he played 32 minutes. He had 8, 4, and 3. He had a usage of 21%. They are all pretty good indicators. He's a strong rebounding guard who gets some assists. He's going to score a bit, and he's going to be better than this game will show. I'm telling you now. Add him, 
and then we'll figure it out later. We'll see what happens in seven to 10 days. This is not a Tyus Jones scenario. Anthony's got that upside to go and add. Now, I've been saying he's been rostered in way too many leagues, and that was true. But now, Fultz is injured, so you grab him. That's how it looks. Holding on to him in 12-team leagues does not make that. A, it doesn't make it a good decision because Fultz got injured now. It makes it a lucky decision. But now that he is the starting point guard, you go and add him everywhere. Aaron Gordon, 15 and 8 with three three three, uh, three assists and two triples, a steal and a block, 71%. Well, Ken Birch, monster putback from Ken Birch. But remember Mo Bumba? Man, that guy is rough. It's his third year, and he's not like he's hurt because he played. But he's just a third string center. Birch had 6 and 10, just a deeper league guy. Vooch had 16, 7 and 6. But with the injuries to Fournier and Carter Williams and Akiki, we saw some Birch and Vucevic combinations. And we might get a few more of those now as well as Gordon plays more at the three because the Comet Gary Clark started. Now, Clark's only the very, very deep league sort of option for us. And uh, uh, Dwayne Bacon also had a nice night. 19 points in 32 minutes for Bacon. Of course, it was extraordinarily empty. I wouldn't rely upon him at all. Now, uh, Terrence Ross is a must-roster player, but only 22 minutes for Rossi here. He did have five fouls. That's why. 20 points with five threes. James Ennis returned to action. And I don't think it'll be that long before he overtakes White Bacon. I do have to mention the bone zone, Jordan Bone. 12 minutes, seven points. I thought he looked pretty good out there. That's his only a like a 20-team sort of situation, but he's a backup point guard now. And in 20-teamers, you've got to take a look at that. Now, Michael Carter-Williams might handle some of that role when he returns, and it probably does help Evan Fournier a little bit, this injury, once... Um, uh, once he returns to action as well, but uh, a real devastating blow for not only Markel Fultz, but for the uh, for the Orlando Magic in general. Well, if you've got that basketball knowledge and you want to put it to the test, you want to put your money where your mouth is, where your brain is, or you want to do it on the NFL playoffs or on the college football championship game coming up, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Hey, you want, to t- you want to take a bet on how the Magic are going to go covering the spread now after the Fultz injury for the next game? By all means, BetOnline will have you covered. You want to take a bet on Cole Anthony as the Rookie of the Year now that Markel Fultz is down? BetOnline has you covered. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. January, it's important in setting the tone for the new year. And in 2021, that has never been more true. Luckily, our good friends at CBDMD are here to give you the support you need to conquer your New Year's resolutions and make this year your best one yet. And if those resolutions happen to involve fitness, they've got a brand new topical product that'll help keep you moving all year long. CBD Relief with lidocaine fuses. Interestingly, lidocaine in Australia is called lignocaine. Yeah, there's a fact that I'm sure many of you didn't know. CBD Relief with lidocaine fuses CBD MD's hybrid broad spectrum formula with fast acting lidocaine to help provide temporary relief for minor aches and pains. And with a new bag on valve spray technology, relief can be applied comfortably at every at any angle, even upside down. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all our listeners 20% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA, for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Okay, on to the next game. This next game was the Philadelphia 76ers beating the Orlando Magic. 
just in the end. Uh, 141, 136. Let's give a quick shout-out to Bradley Beal, who had 50 points really quickly. Ended with 60 in 38 minutes. Seven threes, seven rebounds, five assists and a steal. Beal's the ninth-ranked player this year. 57% from the field, 87 from the line. Just an absolute monster on 47% usage. Russell Westbrook probably wasn't as good. 20 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists, 3 steals and a block. But great counting stats. Unfortunately, this guy, I don't know what the hell has happened with his free throws. I thought he figured it out last year. But 1 of 4 from the line, 44% again here from the field. Amazingly, 3 of 6 from the 3-point line, which is, uh, as always, uh, one of these. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Um, and he's you know, settling in in that 30 to 40 range for fantasy this year. Davis Bertans, he started the second half. He played 33 minutes. Obviously, the restrictions are gone. 17 points with four threes and two steals. And that value is coming back that we saw from Bertans last year. But this means it's the end of Denny Avdia. 16 minutes in the Isaac Bonga role. One point and one block. Drop him all over the shop. In a 12-team league, he is gone. In a 14-team league, he is gone as well. And you know that I don't maintain even having Rui Hachimura on a 12-team roster or adding Rui Hachimura to a 12-team roster. So you know what I'm going to say. If you do have him, he's a drop. 24 minutes, 8 points. He's not very good. He's the 218th ranked player so far this year. His game just is not suited very well to fantasy at all. Not a great night from the Tank Tom Bryant, 11-6, and six, but he remains a must-roster player. Onto the sixes, Embiid was great again, just an absolute monster. He had a Chris Gale there, three threes, three steals, and three blocks with 38 points, eight rebounds, and five assists on 55% shooting. Just an absolute monster night. While Seth Curry's big year continues. 28 points for Seth in 36 minutes with six triples and three assists on 79% shooting. Seth Curry, amazingly, is the 40th ranked player so far this season. Now, that is a bit of a sell high if you want to do that now. But look, if he's available in your league, you add him. He's not going to keep that level up. You probably won't be able to execute a sell high as a top 50 guy, but I think he can be top 100 the rest of the year. Also, a big game from Dan Green. 30 minutes for Danny, 15 points, five threes, five assists from Danny Green. Jesus, two steals. He has these games occasionally. He is firmly in the top 130 so far this season, but he's not a must-roster 12-team league guy. Simmons had 17, 6, and 12, while Shake Milton had uh, a very Shake Milton-type line. 19 points in 20 minutes with zero rebounds and three assists. He's only that points streamer. While the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Um, we talked about the sell high nature of Harris because of the defensive numbers. Zero steals and zero blocks. 19 points, three threes and seven rebounds. He is going to start coming down those rankings. He was 12th, I believe, before today. He's 25th after today's performance. Interestingly, uh, Matisse Thibault got minutes over Tyrese Maxey in this game. And remember Terrence Ferguson? He plays for the Sixers. He played 18 seconds, so that's cool. All right, on to the next game. The Atlanta Hawks, they go down to the Charlotte Hornets, 102-94. Gordy Haywood. Is he worth 20 million a year? Maybe. 44 points in 39 minutes, seven rebounds, four threes, one steal, one block, 60% shooting. He was always massively undervalued in drafts, and maybe I even undervalued him in projections. 26th overall player this year, continues to be a monster. While Paul Washington Jr., now the shooting was poor, nine points, but he filled it up everywhere else. 10 rebounds, four assists, two steals, three blocks. Easily his best game of the year. He played 38 minutes. We can't rely upon that level of production all the minutes without him getting in foul trouble, but it was awesome to see. And just start LaMelo ball. Like, what are we doing? 24 minutes for LaMelo, 16, 8, and 5 on 50% shooting. He needs to be playing big minutes. It's it's frustrating. This could have been an absolute monster from LaMelo. Devontae Graham played a shit ton. He was actually all right. Sort of. 
He had seven assists and four steals. That's the good thing from Devontae. But somehow he shot 14% from the field. He just cannot shoot at all. He just he can't do it. He's got value in the assists and steals, but he's going to lose his starting job, surely. Terry Rogier had 14 points in 28 minutes. Well, I think it is a Miles Bridges drop time. 22 minutes, two points. In fact, Richie Benno would be uh, very proud of the minutes that uh, Miles Bridges played there. Two for two, two, two. 22 minutes with 22 seconds with two points, two assists, and two steals. The defensive numbers are still nice, but I'm more looking at those minutes as the worrying factor there. Bismack Biombo had two blocks and eight boards, and he, again, remains just a fine back-end big man until Cody Zeller returns. For the Hawks, no Gallinari, no Rondo, no Dunn, no Snell, no Okongwu. So Kevin Hurd, I played big minutes again. 33 for Fanta Pants, 19, 5, and 6, really putting up some good numbers. And in the short term, he's got 12-team value. While DeAndre Hunter... Um, the shooting numbers weren't great, but he still managed to put up big numbers. And five assists from DeAndre Hunter is not something I thought we'd be seeing. 17, 6, and 5 in 34. And the Baptist, John Collins, played 32 minutes. Uh, 23 and 11, big night from Collins. We still don't know what the hell's going to happen when Okongwu is back and when Gallinari is back. We don't know how it's going to work. But for now, uh, Collins is putting up some strong numbers. He's still not a top 50 player, but some good numbers nonetheless. Capella only 26 minutes, 7 and 19. While Brandon Goodwin handling the backup job at point guard, 9 points. Now, it was a shit one from Trey Young. 7 points in 35 minutes. The Hornets guarded him well. He really didn't take any shots. Five rebounds and three assists. We'll chalk this one up to just a, just a stinker. He will be better than that. Well, Cam Reddish talked about him on the Dynasty show earlier today. Reddish is the 199th ranked player and is rostered in far too many 12-team leagues. He is a clear-ass drop in those formats. Eight points in 27 minutes with four rebounds and a steal in that uh, playing time. If you need parts for your car, I actually had to take my car to get serviced today or to get fixed today because uh, when the battery was changed over, they screwed it up. But if you're looking for parts for your car, I don't have the option of going to Rock Auto, but you can go straight to rockauto.com and you can find all of the parts that your car needs directly there at rockauto.com. You don't have to go into the auto store and ask the guy for the part. Then he's got to go and find out. And they can't stock every possible part in a, in a local bricks and mortar auto store. Rockauto.com, they have an extensive catalog. It's unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. 
All right, on to this next contest and the New York Knickerbockers. They do it again, 112 to 100 over the Utah Jazz. What a disaster of a trip uh, to New York for the Jazz, getting smashed by the Nets and then losing to the Knicks pretty comfortably in the end. Um, let's talk of the Jazz. Gobert had 14 and 12. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. 14-12, um, five blocks, good numbers there. While Jordy Clarkson provided his nice scoring punch off the bench. Clarkson's a top 100 player this year, but really he's just helping you in that points category. Royce O'Neal with nice rebound numbers, nine boards with two steals. He's having some back-end 12-team league value at the moment. While another shit one from Donovan Mitchell, 18 points. And we talked about yesterday or the day before, man, has he figured it out? Yesterday it was. 10 free throw attempts. Has he figured it out? Uh, no. Zero. Zero. 35% on 23 attempts. It is a massive buy low for Mitchell, but he is not even a top 100 player so far this season. Just massively, massively struggling. And this is what, when people were talking about taking him in the 20s and in the teens in drafts, said, look, he's never been a top 40 player. I'd like to see some improvement before we get there. And even I bumped him a little bit into, I think, like 36, 37 type range. He's been shit house. Mike Conley, really rough night. Nine points on 21% shooting with six assists while another terrible boy on Bogdanovich night. I'm actually okay with dropping him because I don't think his upside is that high that you have to deal with all this bullshit. The 250th ranked player so far, six points on two of 10 shooting. He's had one good shooting night and not even just one good shooting night. Like he's had one shooting night that hasn't been bad. Not even average or below average nights, just shit night, nights. And I, I don't think that you should bother holding onto him. That might be controversial and it'll probably look stupid. But yeah, having his spot, taking it up, destroying you like this, when you could be streaming it in, you could be adding a Cole Anthony, seeing what happens. You could be just taking flyers on guys, streaming guys in, getting you know, seven games out of that roster spot for the week instead of him you know, pissing directly into your mouth for the majority of the week. You can just drop him. And when he comes back, oh, maybe he's the 100th best player. Like maybe. The upside is not that high. It's not like a dropping a Yusuf Nurkic who could be a top 30 or top 20 player. It's not like dropping a Donovan Mitchell who can get back to being a top 40 or top 30 player. This guy's best case scenario is maybe the top 100. And you move on from that. I don't. Do I need to convince you anymore? Maybe I do. How about this bloke? And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Did you ever believe that you would see 41 minutes for Mitch Robinson? Nine points, 13 rebounds, three steals, three blocks. Robinson is closing in on the top 50 this year. Unbelievable stuff. I also never thought I'd see Austin Rivers score 23 points in a game. Now, they still have to return Alec Burks, who is out for the next couple of weeks. I think that despite how well Burks started this year, uh, I think you could be okay dropping him if he's not in your IR. Um, they still have to welcome him back eventually, but 32 minutes for Rivers, 23 points, five triples and two steals. Now, he's not this good usually. We know that. I wouldn't be overreacting to this performance, but he's had two strong games. I talked about Emmanuel quickly on the Dynasty show today, and I said, I think people might be overreacting a little bit. There's a lot of numbers that are going to come back, and I just do not trust Tom Thibodeau to play a rookie point guard. Six minutes for quickly. Zero points, two assists, and a steal. Um, after he closed the game last time, don't worry, but just get rid of him. Drop him in a 12-teamer. Alfred Payton must roster. 42 minutes, 22, 2 and 8, 67%. He won't be this good every night, but when this sort of shit's going on, you've got to have him. The uh, double royal, Julius Randle. Thirty-three, sixteen, and seven. The shooting numbers are pretty whack at the moment. Thirty-nine from the field, and another zero of five from three. So he's killing you there. But usage and minutes are helping. While R.J. Barrett, Ron Barrett Jr., 
far out, man. Can this, what is wrong with this guy? Nine points on 29% shooting, one of three from the line, three steals and a block. That's nice because he doesn't usually do that. He is almost impossible to roster in a 12-team category league. I, I probably still would, and in points leagues, he's much better. But shit, the absolute... Maybe. Maybe. maybe do we have a new contender? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And you know what's all, just on a side note, every time I play that sound, it's funny because that's my ringtone. When when I get a message on my phone, that's the noise that it makes. So um and and hey, when someone calls, uh, when someone calls me, this is what I hear. So don't worry, I'm playing drops in my regular life as well. But uh, Barrett, man, he is just all over the shop. He's not that good. 12 points for Reggie Bullock in 30 minutes with seven rebounds. Uh, he's probably going to lose quite a bit when Burks eventually returns as well. The next one, the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. 107 Boston, 105 Miami. Jalen Brown, the shooting numbers are always going to fall. Uh, they fell 35% from the field, 21, 12, and 5, but two steals, two blocks, three, three. So good on him for being able to you know, make up for it in other areas. While Tatum had 27, 5, and 4. And the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, only 15 minutes, but 8 and 4, a steal and a block. And he's a top 80 player this year somehow in only 16 minutes. So that means that if you do need his particular brand of fantasy goodness, the blocks and the field goal percentage, then he's worth having. Marcus Smart returned, only nine points, but six assists and a steal. And how about Peyton Pritchard getting the game winner at the end, but only 20 minutes, six, six, and four. Not a 12-team must-roster player by any stretch, um, but still you know, really productive. They went back to the Tice-Thompson starting combination. This time it was Tice that played more, 13 and five, while Thompson had nine and seven. Um, it's really hard to get a handle on what the hell they're doing with that combination. Uh, Grant Williams played 28 minutes off the bench. I don't think Tice... Thompson, Williams, Pritchard, any of these guys are must-roster 12-team league players. On to the Heat. They started Kelly Linick again. It wasn't the greatest night from Kelly, playing just 21 of them, but 11-5 and five in 21 minutes. He is a 12-teamer to me. Well, Dunk Robinson gave us 16 points with five threes. Much like Boyan Bogdanovich, he is a guy that gives us threes only, and that's fine if that's what you need, but that doesn't make him a must-roster, especially in points. Jim Butler, 26-8, and eight, while Bam Adebayo had 15, 8, and 10 with two blocks. Butler also added three blocks to that, while Tyler Hero, rough. Uh, he's outside the top 140 this year. Eight points, seven rebounds, one assists. One assist, actually, is better English. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Yeah. It's a little bit of a buy low for hero. I would add him if he's rostered, but he was getting drafted sometimes in the 60s, which was always nonsense at that point. Um, but, yeah, he's better than what we're currently seeing. He does struggle in these games where he plays and Butler plays as well. And that has been a relatively consistent pattern so far this season. On to the next one, the Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. Killian Hayes, the news on him isn't great. Looks like he's going to miss a big chunk of the season. So they started D'Lon Wright at point guard. I uh, wouldn't say it went well. Three points in 25 minutes with three assists and a steal on 13% shooting. He's fine if you want to take a flyer as an ad in a 12-team, especially now that Derek Rose uh, had a knee issue and had to leave the game. But that's that's not that good. In deep leagues, Saban leads the ad. Four points in 12 minutes for Saban with two steals. Add him in your 20s and your 16-teamers just to see what happens. Well, Wayne Ellington, the Duke, he started in place of Josh Jackson, who was injured, 12 points. And Sadiq Bay had 20 with six triples, 10 rebounds. Now, if you're in a position where you can stash, Blake Griffin just looks cooked. I wouldn't say that Sadiq is the greatest option. He's the 205th-ranked player in 22 minutes a night. But in a deeper league with some stash ability, Sadiq's going to get opportunities. Jeremy Grant had 31 and 10. That was nice from him. Um, and there's just not a lot to really talk about. Is Griffin a drop? You'd have to consider it. In a 10-teamer, I'd drop Griffin. In a 12-teamer, 
It would depend on who I'm adding, but I would absolutely consider it. And I'm also a little bit worried about Mason Plumley. Everything is falling really rapidly. Four points in 17 minutes. Isaiah Stewart played 21, uh, 20 minutes. He's not an ad Stewart, but it's not trending in the right direction for Plumley. I would still hold on to him, but that may, if he's playing 20 minutes a night, then he's not going to be a must roster. It is moving absolutely in the wrong direction here for Mason Plumley. So just let's just pay attention to that. McKay Luke had eight points with two triples. Onto the Bucks, Middleton 23, 5, and 7, and Lopez. This is why you don't drop Brook Lopez. 17 and 5. With, and four, sorry, with five assists, four triples, and two blocks. He's still not a top 100 player, but he's not far out of it. Punchbob played 28 minutes as well, which is really interesting. Playing next to Lopez, 16 and 10. Am I going to reverse course and say that Bobby, Lo- uh, Bobby Lopez, Bobby Portis is a must-roster player? No, but I don't think that he's wrong to be added with how he's playing as a top 100 guy at the moment. You've got to look at how they're using him, and, and that's useful. Yanni played just 28 minutes, 25, 8, and 4, while the big ragu had a shit one, uh, DiVincenzo, 4 and 4 in 22 minutes. I maintain that he is a 12-team league guy. Also a poor night from Drew Holiday, 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists in his 30 minutes. But the Bucks in the end, get the easy victory. Over to the next game, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the New Orleans Pelicans. The Thunder win it. 111-110. Shea Gildas-Alexander. This is what we want. 21-5-9. The nine assists are great. The five steals are awesome. The efficiency wasn't quite there, but he was on ball a lot more and his usage jumped up. And how about Darius Baisley? 20 points, 12 rebounds. I'm trying to find the button. Yeah, indeed. Three threes. Must roster player. Nice night from George Hill. 13 points with four assists and two steals. He's a fine 12-team league guy. While Al Horford continues to struggle. Eight points in 27 minutes. He did have three blocks. He did have two threes, and he played 27 minutes, but the shot wasn't falling. I am not dropping Al Horford in 12-team leagues. I am still holding despite the struggles here. Uh, Lou Dort, just 31 minutes for nine points. Played great defense on Ingram at the end, but that doesn't mean that he's a good fantasy option. He's more of a 14-team league guy than anything like that. Isaiah Robe is always the name for me to watch here, as is Teo Maladon. Six and four assists for Maladon. Five in 11 minutes. Five points in 11 minutes for Roby. Just watch if they ever get extended roles. There could be something to those guys. For the Pelicans, Zion Williamson, this is good. 29 and six with three steals and five of six from the line and 71% from the field. Big night from Zion. Big night from Ingram as well. 24, 11, and four. While Steven Adams had a triple-double. It was a Ray Felton triple-double. 10, 11, and 10, but a triple-double nonetheless. Not the greatest Lonzo Ball night. I said I wanted to look at his field goal percentage in this game, and it let us down, 33%, but he had 15-4-4. Four, four. While JJ Redick uh, hurt his knee and didn't return, you know that he's a clear drop in, in all formats, really, outside of the deepest of deep leagues. Nice minutes from Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 27 of them without Redick, 13-5, two steals. I'd be adding him in like a 16-team format. Um... The minutes should push up at some point this season, and just really depends on what's actually going on with Redick here and his knees. But uh, yeah, a, a nice performance from Alexander Walker. On to the next game, um, and we've got... Got to put those glasses back on. We're back to the Toronto Raptors and the Phoenix Suns. The Raptors 115, the Suns 123. Um, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Ananobi um, was pretty poor last time out, but 20 points, eight rebounds, three assists, or sorry, three threes and a steal. Obviously shouldn't be on any waiver wires. 24, nine and six for Lowry, 13, four and seven for Van Vliet on a poor shooting night with two steals and a block. It's really just expectations, but just an absolute shit ton of minutes again for the Raptors. 38 for 
Siakam, Van Vliet, and Anobi and Lowry. 32 points for Siakam as well. And if he didn't shoot so poorly from the free throw line, it would have been a much better night. The wiki, Chris Boucher, just 15 minutes, nine points with two threes and a block. But post-game, Nick Nurse did say that he should have played him more. He is a 12-team hold for sure. Aaron Baines is a clear drop, zero points in 13 minutes, while Len had one point in 12 minutes. They continue to struggle. And I think Norman Powell's a drop, 13 points in 26 minutes. He got to the line eight times, hit seven of them, but it's just really hard to trust what he's doing. He's the 247th ranked player this year. For the Suns, Jay Crowder. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Big night from him, 21 points, six triples, 64% shooting with a steal, but we know that he's just not going to be able to do that consistently. He's a 14-team league player. Well, it was also a nice night from Booker, 24 with three threes and six assists and nine of 10 from the line. Cam Johnson also played well, but the 23 minutes is what limits him. 16 points with four threes, that's great, but he doesn't do too much else, and he's just not getting enough minutes to me. He's more of a 14-team leaguer. DeAndre Ayton, eh, not the best night there. One free throw attempt, he hit it 63% from the field, but only took eight attempts. The 16 boards is really nice, but no defensive numbers. He continues to be a bit of a disappointment, while Bridges had 13-4-3 and three with three threes. My boy campaign, 10 assists, 16 minutes. A great streamer off the wire for assists. If Chris Paul gets hurt, Payne is the guy that you add, and he is like a 14-team league guy already. Sharich had 15 points in his 17 minutes, and he is only that deeper league sort of player at this stage. Right, on to the next game in this very busy day in the NBA. The Chicago Bulls fall to the Sacramento Kings, 124-128. Kobe White was a monster. 36 points in 40 minutes with 7 assists on 65% shooting. It's been a slow start to the year for White, but he is starting to come around, and I think he's going to be that top 100 player that we expected him to be. Levine also had 32 points with three threes, and Wendell Carter Jr., one of his better games. 11 points, 17 rebounds, and 4 assists. The assists are coming in a little bit stronger now. He's still not quite where I'd like him to be, but yeah, I am holding him pretty clearly, and this is a nice performance. Garrett Temple started the second half over Patrick Williams. 33 minutes for Temple, 8-8. Eight, eight. I don't know where I got 8 from. 11 points, 3 threes, 4 assists. That's fine for like 16-team leagues, while Pat Williams, just the 22 minutes, he's a pretty clear 12-team league drop for me. Otto Porter's a soft hold, but 3 points on 8 shots isn't going to cut it. And then Larry Markkinen still has to return. So what's that going to do for Porter? I think I do worry a little bit about where he goes from here on out. But for now, he's a he's a soft hold. Thad Young had eight points in 21 minutes. For the Kings, Marvin Bagley was huge. 29 minutes for Bagley. 21 and 12. Two steals, two blocks, three threes. Probably his best ever game, hitting threes, defensive stuff. Normally, he'd get a 21 and 12, and you go, that's fine, with nothing else. Now, he still had zero assists, but he was great from the field. He was great from the line. And I shit on him a lot. But this is impressive. Now, uh, over the course of the season, he's still outside the top 300 in terms of players. But this is nice. And if you want to go and add him in a 12-team league, that's totally fine. The minutes were up. The production was fine. Uh, it was actually really good. So it's impressive. Tyrese Halliburton also awesome. 35 minutes for Halliburton, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. He is absolutely 100% a must-roster player. He has been for the last little bit of time. Uh, remains that. I think even if he doesn't start, he's going to play these minutes. Uh, must-roster, absolutely top 100 guy from here on out. Rashawn Holmes did sprain his ankle late, but stayed in the game. 24-8-5 was great for him. But uh, your mate, Hassan Whiteside. He didn't play. Um, just drop, please just drop him. Look, what are we doing here? There's no need to hold on to him. Darren Fox did hurt his hamstring. Sorry. Well, Darren Fox went to the locker room holding his hamstring. They said it's hamstring tightness and he didn't return. We're obviously monitoring that situation. It would give some extra value in deeper leagues for someone like Corey Joseph. 
I'm buying low on Buddy Hield. Um, he's he's shit at the moment. Ten points on fifteen shots. He's really struggling. He's outside the top one hundred comfortably. Uh, outside the top one hundred and thirty at the moment. Actually, I, I'd buy low on him, but. I don't think he's very good, and I think that the Kings would be significantly better to have Tyrese Halliburton in that starting lineup versus Buddy Heald and him playing that gunner role off the bench. We will see what this means for Heald, but obviously he was terrible. Harrison Barnes had 20 points with five assists, but his rebounds have been well up this year. They were not. He had zero in this game, but still five assists, and he remains in that top 100 mix, and that's fine for 12-10 leagues. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure I'm having much confidence in him uh, long-term as being a 12-team league player at this stage. On to the last game of the night. We had the uh, the Golden State Warriors go down to the Clippers, 108-101. The big surprise, the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> 35 minutes for Kawhi on a back-to-back. Now, last season, I banged on about and I said, I reckon we're going to see Kawhi play a back-to-back. It didn't happen. The season got shut down. I was preparing for it in March and April, and the season got shut down. And then this show said, I don't think it's going to happen because of the compressed schedule, but here we are. You know, there's so many bullshit narratives that go around about Kawhi. Oh, he, you know, he doesn't play because he doesn't want to. It's just, it's a load of shit. Like, he feels healthier. It was a medical thing. And after this much time, he was able to do it. I don't think there's anyone out there who's just that lazy and says, I'm not playing. It just doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, regardless, awesome for Kawhi's value. 21-4-4, 21-4-4, four four, steal and a block great. Paul George returned from a one-game absence, 21-12 and 12 with two threes, while Marcus Morris also played his first minutes of the season. 12 points in 18 minutes, sky-high usage. That won't stick if he does enter the uh, starting lineup, but 12 points in 18 minutes for Morris. He's just like a 14-16 to 16 team league guy. With Morris back, Luke Kennard's numbers in the toilet, nine points in 19 minutes, and you can comfortably drop Lou Williams, who had just three points in uh, 20 minutes and 10 minutes for Ivica Zubats, although that was limited by fouls. That meant we got a lot of Serge Ibaka, 35 minutes of Serge, 12 or 14. He just can't hit shots at the moment, 39% from the field. He had a triple one. He's fallen to outside the top 110 at the moment. Um, I think he's okay in 12s, but I wouldn't consider him a must-roster. While Batum had 13 and 5, similarly, he's fine at the back end of a 12-teamer, but I don't think he's necessarily going to stick there. Beverly had 7 points in 30 minutes, backing up his big performance from last time out with not the greatest... um, not the greatest performance. And now I've just I've just seen something actually as I'm recording this about Patrick Williams. And the reason he didn't start the second half for the Bulls was he is allegedly in the concussion protocol, but then he came back out. So that's that is something that's worth noting. Uh so I'm um and just, just mentioning that now because I've just seen that news come through. For the Warriors, Steph Curry did hurt his ankle at the end of the game right as the buzzer sounded and went to the locker room. It wasn't a great night from Steph. 13 points on 29% shooting with five assists. Obviously, that's worth mon- uh, monitoring. Andy Wiggins had 19 while Draymond had four, six, and six with two steals. And the triangle, Eric Pascal, he's really thriving in that backup center role. 19, minutes in, 19 points in 20 minutes. Wise man. Only 18 minutes for James Wiseman. Um, look, he's, he's struggling. Simple as that. He is outside the top 150 for the season. 10 points, a steal, and a block. He's just not getting enough minutes. I'm not dropping him in most. In 10-team leagues, absolutely no problem. I drop him in those ones. Um, I, I just worry about where the minutes are going here because with Pascal playing this well, with Draymond back, they just don't trust him to play big minutes because he has a lot of issues that need to be rectified offensively and defensively, and we're seeing that come to the fore continually. Shit night from Ubre, eight points in 25 minutes on 31% shooting. Of course, he's been terrible this season, but I am still holding, and if he's on any of my waiver wires, I will add him. But some uh, yeah, some interesting performances there, but the, the Clippers get the victory in the end. 108-101. 
Let us move on now to look at the ads and the drops across the NBA. The highest added player at the moment, 34% up for Kelly Olenek. I agree with that. Peyton Pritchard up 26%, way too much. Um, shouldn't be a 12-team league must roster guy. Batum's up by 16%. You can see quite a few people are very reactionary. And Batum's fine to add in a 12-team league, but he is far from an absolute lock that you got to have. The Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, up 15%. Another good performance from him. He suits certain teams, no doubt. Well, Emmanuel, quickly, I reckon we're going to see him on the drop list tomorrow. He was up 14.6% in the last 24 hours, and then he played five minutes today because uh, Tom Thibodeau is Tom Thibodeau, as you're well aware. For the drops, Naz Reed down by 24% after his foul-riddled performance against the Nuggets. He's just as likely to have a big one and go up next game, but his upside is pretty limited, so don't get too excited. He's fine as a drop. 12% down for DeAndre Jordan. Yep. Ricky Rubio down 11%. He's a drop too. Norm Powell down 7%. He's a drop. DeLon Wright down 6.5%. Wasn't great today, but Rose is hurt. Hayes is hurt. What does this mean for Wright? I'd probably still be holding him at this point. The monstrous line of the night is... Joel Embiid. Embiid had 38 points with three threes, eight rebounds, five assists, three steals, and three blocks. And for those of you saying, Bradley Beal scored 60, you're right, he did score 60, but Joel Embiid was the better fantasy contributor because Embiid had more rebounds, the same assists, more steals, more blocks, and was a perfect 13 of 13 from the line. Beal was great with those points, there's no doubt, and he hit more threes, but yeah, Embiid just really doubled him up or tripled him up in the steals, way more blocks, um, pretty close to equal in field goal percentage. Um, and then the free throws, just 13 of 13 is a massive, massive booster. Even though Beal's 87% on 15 attempts is good, 13 of 13 is huge. So Embiid is your monstrous line of the night. If you've got to complain about it, you can go ahead and cry in the comments. These awards mean absolutely jack shit, so it doesn't mean anything. But Embiid is your monstrous line of the night. Your rookie of the night, no surprise here, it's Tyrese Halliburton, who put up 17, 7, and 6 with three steals, three threes, one block. He's a top 100 player already. He will continue to be a top 100 player. He is seeing, look, he looks awesome. He fit in the perfect situation. I'd never liked him as being the number one lead point guard on a team because his dribble is is uh, not great and his ability to get the lines not awesome. Um, but passing, connection, defense, yeah, pretty solid. And this is a perfect fit. He would have been a perfect fit in Phoenix as well. They passed on him for Jalen Smith in what's probably a terrible move. I think he would have been a really good fit in Washington, but they passed on him there as well. So yeah, Sacramento, it was an awesome fit. He looks awesome, uh, and he's going to be a great fantasy option for us this season. All right, that does it for all of the action for Wednesday. Let's move across now, talk about Thursday in the NBA, where we do have five games on. All right, let's look at this Sixers and Nets game. Uh, at this point, we don't know if Joel Embiid is going to play. I assume that he will, but we don't know that at this stage. The Sixers are favored by two points. The total is 224, um, which I think is, it's it's sworn, I think. It is one of the lowest of the day, amazingly. You've got most, I think every other one bar the Cleveland-Memphis game is actually a higher points total. There's no Kevin Durant for the Nets, so we're assuming that they're going to start Bruce Brown again, and that's a good place to start with your lineups. 3,900 for Brown. He had almost 20 points last time out, while Levert at 6,500 and Jared Allen at 63. They come in looking pretty good, but I'm very interested to see what Allen's minutes are like if Jordan isn't in foul trouble. Love and beat at 99. Uh, that looks pretty strong to me, and Irving is up to 10,000. I think he can get there. I think he can get that sort of value. We know that he's going to be handling... Uh, such a large load Giggity. Uh, offensively, and that's obviously works into our uh, into our favor. I'm not massive on Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris here, but the five thousand for Seth Curry sure looks like a pretty good price to me, and I'd be uh, I'd be happy to use Seth, who has really been awesome this season so far. The Cavs and the Grizzlies. 
No uh, Darius Garland, no Kevin Love, no probably no Kevin Porter. I can't see him playing. No Isaac Okoro. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Isaac Okoro is back. No Ja Morant. Kyle Anderson's at 5,900 has been a little bit down the last couple of games, but I'd be okay with getting back on him here at that low price. And Valanchunas at 6,500 has done very well against Drummond in the past, averaging 45 the last three times, actually against the Cavs in general, averaging 45 the last three times. Drummond might be a bit different, but Drummond also is someone who does leak fantasy points to players. Um, Brandon Clark's at 5,100, strong cash guy without huge upside. While Drummond's at 9,200, he's also done well going up against... um, uh, Valanchunas averaging 49 the last three times out. I think you can use Drummond at that sort of price. I'd probably prefer to save the money and use Valanchunas, but Drummond's an option. 4,600 for Gorgie Jeng is probably on the high side. While if you want to take a flyer, you've got both Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, the wave pool, who are priced at 3,800. I'd probably prefer Melton because of his ability to contribute in multiple categories. But Bain is an equally viable option there. Dylan Brooks at 6,000. Larry Nance at 68. Not interested. While Colin Sexton, the Padawans at 6,900. I think that's okay. It's pretty good for cash, to be honest. I'm just not sure how much actual tournament upside there is. Because Sexton, literally every game, 20 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. That's just what he gets every single game, apparently. The next game is the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets. We have got the Nuggets favored by three and a half and the total 225 and a half. Trey Burke is out for Dallas, while Michael Porter is likely to return for the Denver Nuggets. And Porter is at 6,700. I like him at that salary. I think that's really good value there. We don't know whether Tim Hardaway Jr. will come off the bench again for Dallas. I would imagine he does, but we're not sure. While Doncic is at 11,100. And he got back on track last game. I would be okay with using him. Um, You've got him and you've got Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. in this game, matching up against each other, and both guys over 11,000. I think I marginally lean Doncic over Jokic, but it's pretty close, and I think there are obviously both options and both in play. Maxi Kleber at 4,000 is a good option, I think. He had foul trouble last game in his start, only played 18 minutes, but he could be a 25 to 26-pointer at 4,000, while Hardaway at 57 looks to be a decent enough upside option. Um, Jamal Murray, the headmasters at 7,600. I don't think I want to invest too heavily in that one. Next up, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Portland Trailblazers. Anthony Edwards is down at 4,100. And for good reason, he hasn't really done much. But at some point, the shots are going to go in in one of these games. Maybe it's this one. I don't know. But that puts him firmly at a 4,100 price tag, firmly as a GPP guy. Beasley's at 56, which I don't mind. And Nurkic at 62. Uh, 36 points from Nurk last game coming around. I don't think I'd use him still, but that's not bad value. Russell at 6,800 or 7,800, sorry, looks good. And Jared Vanderbilt's probably the confusing one. 4,500, what do we make of his role? Um, I think if he was under 4,000, I'd roll with him. 45, it's a little bit risky. And same with one show at 4,200, who obviously dominated last game. Dropped almost 47 Fangio points in that one. But do I? Yeah, how much do I trust that? How much do I trust the shooting? And in general, because it is one show, I'm not really going to trust it at all. He's not that level of a shooter. He doesn't normally get that many shots, and he's not normally that productive. So I don't think I'd be um, overly excited about uh, about getting him in there. He's, he's totally fine to put in, but I just wouldn't be expecting the level of production we've seen in the past. McCullum's up to 9,000 because he's playing, been playing well. I would fade that. I would much rather take the 9,200 that is on offer for Damian Lillard. That looks like a lot better to me. Blazers are favored by 10 here, and the total is 232 and a half. The last game is the Spurs and the Lakers. The Lakers... 
Seven and a half point favorites in the total, 224.5. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope are all listed as questionable. I expect LeBron to play. I expect KCP to sit. And Davis, um, probably leaning sit, but I'm not sure about that one. No, Derek White, of course, for the Spurs. So DeJounte Murray at 7,200 is a pretty strong option for us. Schroeder's at 53, and he has been limited lately. 22 points over the last three. I think he's an excellent GPP guy here. I like LeBron at 10-1, and Harrell's at 53, because he's been shitouts. But can he get something going? Um, he struggled, really, against the Spurs. Um, but I'm, I'm not ready to rule him out at that salary. DeRozan's at 82, that's too high. Keldon Johnson's at 65, that's probably also too high. LaMarcus Aldridge at 62 has got a little bit of upside options there for us. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's a must-roster guy, but yeah, at 6,200, we know Aldridge can be a lot better than what we've seen so far. That will do it for t- today's show, just previewing that action there. Over on Fangio, good luck with your lineups, good luck with your seasonal leagues, and uh, good luck in subscribing to this show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.